The following contains content that is intended for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. The Devil and Mrs. Tremblay Written by Craig Moody Narrated by Jessica Caruso Fourteen. Edgar and I spent one of our most peaceful and happiest days together in recent memory. We made breakfast and chatted of old times. We spoke of good memories and old friends. It was nice. It made me sad. I missed the past. I missed the Edgar and me of old, but even still... I was aware that memory sometimes eased the pain of living into a fanciful delusion. Despite the good times, there was always the underlying bad. When Gabriel cried, Edgar went upstairs to feed him. I stayed downstairs, waiting and watching. Something was coming. Edgar and I both knew it in our own separate way and we knew it with every fiber of our beings. We were on the front porch as the afternoon morphed into mid-afternoon. The nearby birds changed their tune. Their usually lively and chipper song had faded into what sounded like nervous chirping, some sort of an alarm. Edgar saw the cloud before I did. It's happening. He said in a hoarse whisper, his face pale and his mouth agape. Just as he said. My heart skipped a beat as I followed Edgar's eyes over the horizon. A dark cloud filled the entire length of the outer fields of our farm and beyond. It was quiet, silent. It moved along the ground rapidly and intently, but unlike a typical afternoon thunderstorm, it wasn't moving above the ground, but on it. And unlike the springtime rain, it was completely dry and void of thunder. Edgar! I shouted, forcing his attention on me. This is it! Edgar nodded, his face frozen with a look of sheer panic and terror. Go get Gabriel, I commanded. Bring him down here with us. Edgar's eyes glazed over. He appeared to pull himself within himself, forcing his brain to overpower his emotions. He nodded and disappeared inside the house. My heart pounded loudly as I watched the mammoth cloud roll closer and closer. I thought of Molly Jefferson and how she had warned me of this very moment for well over a year. It was surreal to see it actually unfolding before my own eyes. Edgar reappeared on the front porch, baby Gabriel perched in his arms. The baby stared at me, his usual black gaze now watery and blue. My heart flittered as I thought about what I had to do. I didn't hear what Edgar shouted when I grabbed the baby from his arms and ran off the front porch. The looming cloud was close, the sun had trouble beaming its rays over the grass and dirt. Still, as the blackness approached, I pounded my bare feet over the flattened dry earth toward the edge of our property. I didn't stop until I closed in on what I was headed for, the old well. 
I struggled to catch my breath, the last fresh air I would breathe as the enormous wall of dust closed in. I shut my eyes as it swept over me, knocking me to the ground, pulling the crying infant from my grasp. Minutes went by, minutes of a blinding rush of dirt and dust. I couldn't see. I couldn't breathe. I crawled over the ground, the wind rushing overhead, locating the child and pulling him into my arms. I didn't bother to comfort him. I simply needed to be sure he was with me. Edith! Edgar screamed nearby. I lowered myself further over the ground, the sweep and dust pelting my skin so rapidly that the wind felt hot. It felt like I was being burned alive. Finally, the air cleared enough that I felt I could move again. The dust was still marching over the earth, the wind that pushed it was relentless, but the canopy had now enveloped the sky, allowing just a sliver of sunlight within it. It was enough for me to see where I was going. The well was only feet away. I held my breath, stood to my feet, and forced myself to follow through with the promise I had made. Just as I neared the well, Edgar slammed me from behind. I fell to the ground, gripping Gabriel in my arms as I tumbled upon the soil. Give him here, Edgar cried, his voice shrill and alarming. I rolled over my dirt-covered face, able to see through the Russian dust to view Edgar, the ominous figure of the devil standing just feet behind him. Now, Edith, Edgar warned, lifting his shotgun. Even in the blackened sky, the weapon's metallic barrel flickered and gleamed in the dulled sunlight. I heard him cock the gun as he winked one eye to aim. I turned my face toward the devil. I could only see his silhouette large and unmistakable just behind my weaponized husband. In that moment, I flashed back to the countless nights I had encountered the devil. The nights his glowing red eyes had chilled me with fear, but his unspoken words had filled me with promise. Every time he would appear, I could hear his voice in my head. Unlike the growling, thunderous roar he would often exhibit, his words of promise had been soothing and comforting. His voice had been nearly angelic as he guaranteed me a new life on the California coast. He told me of the happiness I would find there. I would be free, unchained. I would be alive and adventurous. I would find success in a career, something that would even make Mama proud of me. He had even told me Mama would leave Beverly and ask to live with me. The very idea filled me with an unspeakable joy and thrill. He had assured me love, wealth, even power. I didn't know exactly how it would all unfold or what career or fortune I would achieve, but it was all secure as long as I followed through with my promise in return. I flashed back to the night in the barn, the last time I was with Joe. The night I slit his throat and left him to bleed out on the Jefferson's hay, an event I had completely blocked from my mind until now. Just as I had been promised by the devil, the Jeffersons had taken care of the body. I figured his family had assumed he had run off, so they never alerted the local authorities that he was missing. My next promise was to drop Gabriel down the well. 
I had been prepared for this even before he was conceived, so I had blocked myself from ever growing attached. Bella had been a surprise, though. I was never told about her, so when she came, I was not prepared to disconnect and found myself deeply attached and in love with her tiny soul. Losing her still pained me, but the knowledge of my future allowed me to carry on. I forced myself to my knees, carefully rising to my full height, locking my eyes on Edgar. I thought you said you would choose me, Edgar. I shouted the distance between us only feet, but the howling winds of raining dry earth overwhelming the sphere of sound. I made a promise, he answered, his voice shaken. But you said yourself that the boy ain't a boy. You're going to kill me just so you can raise some sort of monster? Edgar twitched, the gun wavering in his grasp. I heard a voice, a familiar sound. It was the devil using the voice that I could only once hear inside my head. He was talking to Edgar, his tone calm and reassuring. Edgar steadied his aim. Bring him to me, Edith. Edgar commanded, his words now stern and certain. Walk this way. Then the voice spoke to me, clearly and calmly. I could hear it easily, despite the shrieking wind swirling around us. Do it, the voice said gently. You have been prepared for this. Now do it. I closed my eyes and lifted the baby into the air. He wailed in fear as I spun my body toward the well and moved forward. Edgar fired the shotgun. He missed. The bullet ricocheted off the stone wall of the well and sped off into the blackness beyond. I could hear the voice again, but it was distant and muffled. Once again, the devil was speaking only to Edgar. Just as I edged the well, Edgar tackled me from behind. My head smacked the dry dirt, causing me to see flashes of light. Gabriel remained in my grasp, my arms still stretched out in front of me. Edgar reached forward and pushed the infant out of my hands. He pulled my arms back and pressed himself over my body. I made a promise, he shouted, his face just a foot or so from my head. If I raise his boy up as my own, I'll one day have my own company. I can leave Oklahoma. I'll be rich and powerful. I won't have to worry about a thing. But the price, the promise, I have to... It was in that moment that I realized the truth. We had both been promised the same thing. And the price? To sacrifice the other. My final promise to the devil was to kill Edgar after I had dropped the baby down the well. Now, it was clear... Edgar had been promised the same life of escape and wealth. The promise he made was to sacrifice me. We had been pitted against each other. Our deal with the devil had been nothing but a double-sided deception. Edgar, wait! I hollered, hoping to stop him with my realization. I was promised! I felt Edgar struggling to lift the shotgun. I forced myself onto my back, toppling my husband from above me. 
In the distance, the devil's eyes glowed red. The familiar warmth of fire showered over my skin. I looked down. Edgar was struggling to rise onto his knees. Between us was the shotgun. I grabbed it before he could. I kicked my legs until I was able to lift my body, keeping the gun aimed at Edgar the entire time. Wait, Edgar! I huffed, my breath labored, my words cemented in wind, dirt, and dust. Listen to me. We've been lied to. I saw Joe, standing behind Edgar in the space the devil had just stood moments before. His face was clear, his eyes bright. He appeared to be unaffected by the whirling debris around us. Mrs. Tremblay? He spoke clearly, his voice overtaking the rush of wind in my ears. Everything was silent and still. I saw and heard nothing but Joe. My heart raced as he walked closer to me. Despite the enormity of chaos blowing around us, I could smell his skin as he neared, his familiar scent still exciting and erotic. Now? He whispered, closing his mouth over my lips and gripping my right hand in his. As he slid his tongue over mine, he squeezed my hand, causing the trigger of the gun to fire. Both rounds released, and in the slight distance behind us, I heard Edgar topple to the ground. I dropped the gun and wrapped my arms around Joe. It felt so good to have him close again, the warmth of his mouth over mine causing my skin to tingle and prickle with sheer desire and arousal. I opened my eyes to peer into his gaze. It was then that the well behind me started to glow. My back grew hot as the bricks vibrated from the intensity of the heat. In the reflection of Joe's stare, I could see the fire-red glow of the devil's eyes beaming out of the well. Joe's eyes blackened. His skin peeled away. Earthworms and maggots slithered and slid over his now rotten flesh. I screamed and inched my way from his grasp. As I managed to free myself, Joe was now the devil, giant and looming above me, inching toward Gabriel, who still lay abandoned in the rushing wind. The devil leaned forward, reached down, lifted the terrified infant into his arms, and then returned his gaze to mine. His eyes glowed red, matching the intensity of the well behind me. A thunderous roar rumbled from his throat. I felt myself fall back against the shuddering stone rim of the well. I choose you, Edith. I heard Edgar's voice whisper from over my shoulder, his words rising from the inferno within the well with clarity and ease. I will always choose you. I felt Edgar's familiar kiss as my body tumbled over the wall and into the well. Cimarron County Couples Murder-Suicide April 21, 1935 One week 
after the devastating dust storm of April 14, a day now referred to as Black Sunday. Cimarron County authorities discovered the bodies of a farming couple near the edge of their property. Edgar Tremblay, 39, was found shot to death with two bullet wounds in his center chest. The shotgun was found on the ground nearby. His wife, Edith Tremblay, 32, was recovered from the bottom of a nearby well, her neck broken. Sheriff Robert Yockey described the scene as brutal and devastating. It appears to be a case of marital murder-suicide, Sheriff Yockey confirmed. We've been told by the local health officials that the couple had been struggling with mania and melancholia. Dr. Ronald J. Johnson confirmed that he had been treating both the husband and wife for delusion and manic episodes. I was working with Edgar Trumbly to have his wife committed to Tulsa State Hospital, said Robert Johnson, M.D. But Edgar was suffering his own breakdown. The impending loss of his farm had led him to desperate delusions involving the occult and false hope. Mr. Trembley believed the form of witchcraft would free him of his financial woes and burdens. His wife's mania seemed to increase once she gave birth to a set of twins. Unfortunately, one of them passed away. Authorities are searching for the couple's young son. It was feared his body would be discovered alongside his mother's, but the bottom of the well only produced Edith Tremblay and a discarded percolator. We are involving the state authorities, added Sheriff Yockey. The disappearance of the infant is both baffling and disturbing. We fear a predatory animal may have taken him, or he was perhaps overcome by the dust storm. We are scouring the farm property, seeking evidence, but so far there's absolutely no trace of the boy. The sheriff and his deputies discovered occult markings all throughout the Trembler cellar and various other areas of their home. It appeared as though the couple had endured a devastating physical altercation before the tragic events that led to their deaths. The house was completely overturned, Sheriff Yaki continued. Furniture was upside down, pictures were thrown from the walls, it looked like a tornado had gone through there. There wasn't a speck of outside dirt, so we know the upheaval was caused by people and not the dust storm. Sheriff Yaki also confirmed that a local family had reported their son, Joseph D'Angelo, 21, missing after hearing of the events at the Tremblay Farm. Joe D'Angelo had worked for the Tremblays the last couple of years as a farmhand and was last seen working alongside Edgar Tremblay. His family assumed he was still working for the Tremblays, but due to the recent developments, they are now concerned for his safety. The sheriff concluded, It's just a very sad end to yet another Oklahoma family. Day in and day out, this drought and the depression are destroying people. The number of abandoned farms and properties is astounding. It's just heartbreaking that the toll taken here was so definitive and high. Local kin to the Tremblays were notified of their deaths. In the meantime, the search continues for their missing infant son. Hi, I'm Craig Moody, and I want to thank you for listening to Craig Moody's Novel Bites. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please like, 
follow, and subscribe to this podcast to be notified when the latest episodes are released. Print and digital editions of my previous titles are available through all major retailers. For more information or for links to my social media, please visit craig-moody.com. Until next time.